That's a laugh. Hello there. It is the CBC Wisdom Hour number 65 for August 20th, 2019. I am Steve Witchell in New Orleans. It's Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. What's up? What's up? What's happening? Uh, you know, I was thinking, I, I didn't even remember until like a couple hours ago that we were doing a podcast tonight. <laughs> and I was like, I just spent uh, the last two days in friggin' City Hall in New Orleans for uh, jury duty. Nice. No. <laughs> for a research paper you're writing for Cover Band Central. No. Uh, no? I, no. I, I mean, I'm a registered voter here, and I had to go do my civic service. Yeah, jury duty, man. Yeah, and but thing is i'm going away on thursday on a cruise and uh i can't be selected to a jury i can't serve I, i'm not going to be here um and they can't take my vacation away from me no and you'd show proof of it right yeah but the thing is it was very difficult to really get this through to people and i ended up i was there yesterday from 8 30 a.m until 4 30 p.m um, and then I did not get selected, but I did tell the judge, Hey, I'm going on vacation. And she's like, okay, but they kept you there and going through the whole process of selecting the jury. And it was a very long process. And, uh, then I had to come back today. I had to be there at eight thirty again today. And then didn't even get selected to, from the original pool. So I was sitting in, in the, the holding room for for the original pool, which was ended up dwindled down to 20 people, just saddest group of people just hanging out in this room. <laughs> <laughs> the jury duty room of sadness. Yeah, just people like to, n nobody wants to be there. And some people have books and some people are trying to sleep. And they have the TVs on and they have the stupid daytime shows on. Soap operas and then the daytime game shows and stuff. Oh yeah, uh huh. Um, Come on down. Yeah, yeah. That was Price is Right. That was on today. Um, but I sat in that room for most of the day, and then I was I finally got through to somebody and said, "Look, I wasn't selected, and I can't be selected for a jury because I can't serve. I'm going away." And I had this piece of paper, and I waved this piece of paper, and, and that person told, said, uh, "All right, wait to go and talk to this other person." And then I just stood out in the hall, and then this different person came by who I knew had some authority, spoke to her, and then she brought me back to the first person. Uh, it took the whole process took about twenty minutes of going upstairs and downstairs, and then back upstairs and talking to a bunch of people. But finally, they were like, "Okay, we let you go." <laughs> And I, I got out of there at like 3.30 this afternoon, and I was not thinking about podcasts. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you do it, man. I, like, I am not a morning person, and I had to be up at 7 o'clock the last two days. And I know that's, for you, that's like late. You know, I'm a musician. Oh, yeah, we're already, we're already half an hour into the workday. Yeah. Like we're already, you know, jobs are already open. Yeah, I'm a musician, man. I'm a night person. 
not to say that you're not a musician, but you know, it's just. But my... dude, you laugh like we used to when we used to gig all the time. I would literally gig like Thursday night, go home, take a shower, go to work. Ugh, that's brutal. You know, and then go to work all day Friday, and then gig Friday night. <laughs> that's crazy, man. And then get home from the gig on Friday night and crash, you know, and sleep until like noon the next day, and then probably played Saturday night or went out. You know what I mean? But that was like the routine for probably a, a good two years solid, you know, where we were, we were having rehearsals Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we were playing out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Ah, <clears throat> uh, to be young and have energy. Uh, and we went out every night after rehearsal, you know, because yes. we were done rehearsing by like 11 because it was at my house and everyone was sleeping, so yes. we had to stop. And yeah. then we would go out. And then, like I said, it was the same thing. We get home late, so it was yeah. You burn the candle at both ends, and I don't know. I've just gotten used to it, I guess, over you know my the duration of my lifetime, where I, I can function, survive, and operate at a pretty high capacity on you know very little sleep, four to five hours a night, typically. Uh, yeah, good I'm idea. good. You know, I, I can do. It. I listen. I could sleep ten hours, no problem. Right. You know, but once I'm up, I'm up. Right. Yeah, Just getting up for it, you know. Yeah, that's why I like not having a real job and not working early in the morning. Because early, early in the morning for me, I have to set my alarm, and I don't like waking that up that way. It's it just seems so unnatural. I can never. I, I always hit snooze. Um, oh, Chunk is here, by the way. He says hello, hello, Chunk. Thanks for joining us. What's up, Chunk? Um, um, and, you know, like I always do the snooze, and now I have this the Alexa in my bedroom. So I, all I did was like. Alexa set the alarm for seven a.m. and then instead right. of reach instead of reaching my arm over to hit snooze, now it's like Alexa snooze, and it just, <laughs> just and it works and it too just snoozes easy for, to be unproductive. Like seven minutes. But the funny thing is, it's it's actually harder to talk at that level of sleepiness than it is to reach your arm out and hit a button. It's like yep. I, like I'll be th I'll hearing the sound and I'll be sitting there in sleep and thinking about I have to say the word. Actually, I, I say computer. I, I don't say Alexa. I have to whisper it because if I say it loud, it's going to wake up and be like, hey, what's up? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's harder to just say a word. You're thinking about it and like, oh, i got to say this word. I'm like, oh, I'm too tired to say the word. <laughs> See, I find that if I put my alarm away from my bed – where I have to physically get up to go turn it off. That that's how I I beat the, the snooze factor. You know what I'm saying? Because I have to get up, I have I to walk, that. yeah. You know, and go over to it. And then once it, it's once I've silenced it, I'm already up and walking. So then I'm up. You know what I mean? I, I just continue yeah, downstairs and start. That's good, man. Because I've tried that and that didn't work for me. I used to have that when I was a kid, or in high school, or whatever. Had the, the the alarm all the way on the other side of the room. So I had to get up and go turn it off. Same thing. But I would just mosey my way back to the bed <laughs> and just plop right down. Yeah, the, the, the discipline of doing it, you know, is well worth, you know, the, the reward. Like on a weekend, you know, to get up early, like at 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. When you don't have that, you don't have to be at work, you know, per se. But then to go outside and like just to hang out with, you know, the dawn of the day and the sunrise and all the, you know, I live in the country, so all the birds and chirping and you know, you're in the mountains and the smells and the breeze. It's just a cool way as opposed to, 
you know, rolling out of bed at, you know, nine o'clock. And then, you know, the sun's already up. The day's like already in full swing. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for that, like early morning twilight. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it Very when cool. I when I can do it, and I'm I'm in that routine. I do enjoy it, but sometimes I see it on the other side. You know, I before yeah, yeah. before That's I go to come sleep, home. Yeah, well, before I go to sleep, sometimes the sun is coming right. up, so I get get to experience that time of day just on a on the other end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. You yeah. know. But uh, it's a but, cool thing to experience because once the day's going, it's just like every other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was thinking, like, okay, I'm going on this cruise tomorrow or uh, Thursday, and I was thinking, like, oh, podcast. What are we going to talk about? I don't, I don't really have a whole lot going on. And then, as, oh, we got tons I, to talk about. And I was, you know, yeah. And I, I always, many times coming on here doing this, I've thought that many, many times, and then we always end up with plenty to talk about, but. But I, it was around five o'clock when I was thinking. Uh, when I was thinking that, oh yeah, I got to do podcast tonight. And then I was thinking, ah, oh, what can I talk about? Um, what really happened last week? Like over the last week, oh, really nothing. And the wisdom hours never shy on. Yeah, and then I started thinking about the stuff that did actually happen. I was like, okay, this is really good fodder for for discussion because it's it's it it's keeping it real, um, and we do that here, and it's. You know, just really talking about what's going on in my musical life, and it's it's an interesting time for me. Uh, yes, with, with everything indeed. that's happening, because I haven't played uh, a gig now in a week, a weekend, almost a week and a half. So I, I would say eleven days. Um, I have not played a gig, and I have not picked up my bass at home at all. Um, so wow, that's and you're going on vacation. I, I'm going on vacation, so that's a long stretch for me. To not play at all, and I, I mean, usually, if I go that long without playing, I feel something is wrong. Like just, just something doesn't feel right in my life. I, I need to, yeah, I need to pick up. I need to play a gig, or at least need to jam a little bit. Um, and I haven't felt that strongly, um, that feeling, but it might be just like because I was playing for so long. Um, that I just need a break, and and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with taking that kind of break um, and not playing. But it scares me a little. It makes me feel like, oh wait, am I? Have I lost the fire for it? Have I lost the passion for it? Um. So I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm just not feeling that urge right now. But it might be because just of all the shit that w- that's been going on with my dog dying and trying to get a bunch of CBC stuff done before I go away and then and then just having this trip, you know, and I feel like, okay, well, on the other side of this trip, when I come back, then I c- kind of feel like I can get back into some sort of playing, whether it's, you know, just jamming at home or, or, or attempting to get another gig. Um, so I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I do have a couple of things. There's opportunities will always continue to come. It's never gonna. That's never gonna change. Um, and the the ones that have come up have kind of dissolved. So. Um, well, they're not the right ones, you know. But at yeah. least you're open to having now, you know, any and all opportunities for consideration. You know, and that's that's a great vantage point to be at. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not upset about it in any way. I'm. I'm. I'm just curious about it I, and I, just kind of observing myself in this situation. 
and it, it there's a lot of feelings that are going on right now so we can talk about that and i'm sure there's a lot of people that will, can relate to this um and i think it's really a healthy part of any musician's journey um but there's i mean at first there's the the band that has taken over at the swamp i spoke to the bass player who is the band leader uh, a week or so ago i think it was the sunday before last uh, our last podcast last tuesday and spoke to him on the phone and, and offered my uh, assistance. And I, I told him I'll, I'll sub for him if he needs uh, somebody. And he said, yeah, yeah, you'll be one of my guys to, to go to. Or I, I don't remember how he characterized it, but I, I got the impression that he would, he would want to use me. And a couple people suggested me to him as well, a couple of other people. So, right. so I felt like, okay, you know, that's, that's a, a, you know, it's a good possibility I'll get back in there and play a couple gigs anyway um but glenn the guitar player from the remedy band which was the band at swamp is is playing in that new band uh but he's only playing three nights a week and he didn't play the first week so he just started playing with them last night and uh he, he sent me their song list last week upon my request just to uh just to kind of get a little head start even though i wasn't asked anyway just to just to see what's there and maybe pick up a song or two early and uh, or maybe tackle the list, make make it organized, make a list of the songs on that list that I would need to go over, um, you know, just to get a jump start on the whole thing because I like to be prepared. Um, and, but it, there's a lot. It's a big list. And uh, I was thinking about this just before we did this, that some of the songs I know, some of them I'd need to brush up on and some of them I'd, I'd would need to learn and that's pretty much those are the only possibilities <laughs> the only three possibilities and that's pretty much a given for any list that anybody would send you i think in a, a, as a as a seasoned musician you know somebody who's been around for a while so it, it would be it would fall under those three categories every time like you're not gonna yep. get a list where i know 100 percent of the, these songs I, I it's possible but it's rare um but uh but so they played uh, so Glenn played with them last night and another friend of mine was there and took a picture and sent it to me and I just got get this, this feeling of icky <laughs> just icky <laughs> ickiness and it's kind of like you know seeing a picture of your ex-girlfriend with her new boyfriend because um, that place was that intimate to me and uh well, you got a lot of history there, you know, so a lot of memories for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, which you got to carry forward with you, you know, and, and and take what you've learned there, you know, and now grow it somewhere else. Yeah. But there's the, that, that natural feeling that comes up with most people because of the ego. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because of the ego, the, of the... The jealousy and the envy and the, and the... I hope they're not that good, you know? I hope they... I hope they suck. Like... Right, but you know the way it works is you have to say, bon voyage, you know, excellent, thanks for the opportunity, learned a lot, had a great time, new band's going to do great, hope they do great, you know, and that in turn is going to open the doors for you to do great. Yeah, and that's usually how I feel, and most people will say that to people, people that are nice people anyway, will say that too, like, I hope you do, you do well, and for the most part mean it, but there's still that feeling in there that... that, that springs up a little bit that's like 
you know, and you have to kind of keep that in check and realize, and I'm saying this because I had to do that in this situation, like really remind myself that this is not a competition. It doesn't matter that somebody somebody else is in that spot. Um, and it doesn't matter whether they're better than we were or worse than we were or the same. None of that is important, but that, that, those thoughts do come up and those feelings do come up. So you have to kind of keep that in check, especially in the music business where egos are, are very prevalent. Um, and, oh yeah, no doubt. You know, so, um, so that's tough, you know, cause I have that little fight, that little devil that's fighting inside of me. And it's like, ah, you know, you're not as good and cause I'm out of work. So that kind of, you know, that kind of shoots your confidence down a little bit, but, but, just being having the awareness of that, I think, is important for me, and I think it's probably important for a lot of people too, in cases like that. Because you know, you got your your peaks and valleys in, in this whole musical journey, and and I've had many peaks uh, and many valleys too, and this is one of those. Um, so I have to just kind of ride it and and um, and appreciate it too, for what it is and and for why it is. Um, so. It, it's it's a struggle f- for me because I I kind of got beat down a little bit over the last you know couple weeks especially but um, but you know this year you know just w- with losing important people in, in my life mm-hmm. um, that's tough man it's uh, losing the dog dude that's rough that that's a rough yeah, one, man because you know because he's he was here you know all the time so and I'm here most of the time. And I, I was just so used to that presence. And it's the first week especially, and it's only been, you know, seven days now. Or, yeah, was today, yeah, or eight days. Um, it's a very strange phenomenon, that feeling of expecting that presence and, and how, it, how it manifests in your brain. And it's, it's very bizarre. And it's, and it's, it's challenging. But... Um, so the, the you know that opens the door for other sort of negative things to kind of creep in. So you have to kind of be aware of that, especially you know if you want to you want to keep moving. You know it's not it's not the end. It's not it's it's not anything that's bad in any way, I guess. Um, but it's challenging for sure. Yeah, like you said, it's another experience in the musical journey you know of the peaks and the valleys yeah it's another thing in life you know and all these things are right yeah and the, our attitude like you said predicates how we how we carry on yeah I, and one of the things that i neglected to mention this one of the things that that kind of sparked this was i i was sent this picture yesterday where glenn is playing and there was a bass player there that wasn't the band leader so he had somebody else subbing and that kind of made me feel, oh all right i guess i'm not i'm not the go-to sub <laughs> there's somebody else so that's what kind of, you know, twisted it a little bit for me. Like, oh, you know, that that's that's a knock to your ego for sure. You know, your ego's like, wait, I'm not first. I'm not the best. What? You know, that's the voice that comes up, and and you have to really just kick that out right away, and realize like, it's not about competition. You can't in anything in life. You can't be focused on the competitive part of it. Because there's always going to be somebody better. There's always going to be somebody worse. And that's just the truth. 
um, but people get tied up in that. And uh, and then the the other one, there was a possibility I was going to get this weekend gig, and I don't think it's going to happen. But I reached out to the guy yesterday, and I said, "Is there any news?" And he texted me back, and he said, uh, "He said, yeah, I'm sitting down with the band leader right now. I'll call you in a bit." And he never called. And that kind of it's like. Uh, and I don't take that as anything against me, you know, but, and it's just kind of frustrating. It's like, all right, well, even if, if he has no news, he could have just shouted back to me and said, Hey, I'm not sure what's happening yet. I'll, you know, talk to you whenever, but he just never reached out back to me. So that, that kind of a little, little head scratcher there. I don't know what it is, but, but I, I, I don't think it's anything to do with me. Well, soon enough, like you said, you'll find out, you know, what's going on with that situation. But at the same time, you know, you got to look at it from the, you know, the other side of the coin where you say that, you know, these opportunities are not going to come to fruition because they're not the right ones for you to be engaged with at this point in your journey, you know? Yeah. And if you, and if you look at it from that perspective, then it's like, well, the guy, it's not, ah, oh, the guy didn't call me back because I wasn't the first, you know, like you said, all the ego things. But when you remove that from the situation, you say, the guy didn't, is not calling me back for a reason, you know? Right. Whatever that reason is, I'm just I'm not meant to have that gig for whatever the purpose may be, you know, and it may, you know, how many times we think something is great or we really want something, you know, and we don't get it. And then we find out later that, you know, it was a blessing we didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the ego does that to you all the time. And I started listening to this audio book yesterday. And as luck would have it, I had all this free time this afternoon waiting Mm -hmm. in this jury room. So I listened to the majority of this book this audiobook today too i started listening last night and then i continued today and there's a little bit left it's about a six hour audiobook so i have about an hour left of it but it's called you are a badass and it's uh it's in the personal development field which used to be called self-help um but and you know that's where the secret's from and all that stuff that you and i both uh, resonates with us and the the book is is written by this woman and i her name escapes me right now but um it's really well done as far as the way she reads it. And um, she's actually a musician. And a lot of the stuff she talks about, I really, really super relate to because she, she's speaking my language. You know, she F bombs in there too when it's appropriate. And um, she's, you know, she's like a tattooed chick and she played in a band and, and uh, she smoked dope and she, 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 and she's completely open about all of it. But she's saying the same stuff that we that you and I talk about all the time that really kind of sparked the whole wisdom hour idea in the first place, you know, 10 years ago or however long ago it was. Um, And, you know, all this basically the same stuff from The Secret and and the Wayne Dyer stuff and Eckhart Tolle and all all that stuff, but just worded a little differently. Um, And and the Wallace Waddles, which is one of my favorite books, Science of Getting Rich. um, And this is not a plug for any of these by the way, I mean, you should get them if you're listening. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, check out those books. But we're not, it's not an ad or anything. We're not making anything from this. Uh, but this book uh, really has helped me over the last 24 hours just listening to this um, because of, again, how she kind of, how I really relate to it because she's a musician and she speaks that same language that you and I speak. Um, and saying the same sort of law of attraction things that we talk about, but saying it in that way. And um, man, what a what a great thing! And one of the things she was talking about is just how you 
just look at a situation and, and you get to decide how to look at it and uh, look at the benefits of it. And I was just doing that, like sitting in the jury room today, thinking like, oh, this is so miserable. It's, the seats are uncomfortable. You know, there's nothing, to, like there's this, uh, a vending machine with just junk food. And I'm just like, oh, just walking around. And But I took the opportunity to listen to that today. And it just, it helped me get through all of that. And, and I think going forward uh, through everything. I need to always be reminded of this shit, you know, and I think everybody does. And that, that's why I like what you do with the thought for the day. Like, do you feel like it helps you doing that stuff? I, I do. I think that what it does is it, it, it does what it's supposed to do, what it's, you know, what its name is, the thought for the day, right? It's supposed to make you think about something you normally wouldn't think about. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I do, you know, in the morning when I do compose it and, you know, tee it up to go out, I, I do, you know, I peruse a lot of things you know in the process of finding the different thoughts you know what i mean and they're not you know i may save some and then go back later and say well it's not appropriate for today or i don't really feel it or you know it's don't like it anymore and it's hard to not be redundant you know i've been doing it for 10 years um you know more almost what am i saying it's like 15 16 years now but as it goes on um you know Every day, whatever that thought is, I try to keep that in the forefront of my mind when I start my day, when I'm driving to work, you know, when I'm before the day gets going. Just to subconsciously, you know, plant that that thought or that feeling. But it, it's, you know, like I said, and sometimes I'll read something and it, it, immediately I'll be struck by, you know, something and I'll say, oh, this is perfect for like a, a thought for the day, you know, and I'll snip it right out at that given time. Right. But I think reading, like what you said, is you know more than anything it when you read about different perspectives on things that you either already think about or maybe you haven't spent much time thinking about it's interesting that if you go with an open mind you know you can it it can um unleash a certain amount of thought process that you probably would not have tapped into prior because you wouldn't have thought about it if that makes sense like when you hear it and you read it and you it provokes a thought in your mind and it puts you in a direction of thinking that way that's why when you do read these leadership books self-help books whatever you want to call them but positive inspirational factual things that can educate you about you know not really the nuts and bolts of the world but more of the spiritual realm and the emotional realm and our attitudes and yeah. coincidences and things of that nature, you know, things we talk about with the secret and whatnot. Yeah, just how to you approach know. life, basically. Yeah, and you appro- approach it musically as well. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, I can only equate it to say, if you were going to record with friends of yours, there's always that feeling when you're a younger musician that when you're recording, you you know you're being recorded. So you don't really play a hundred percent of your emotional capacity or being in the moment because you're distracted by the fact that it's being recorded, right? That it's being archived. However, on the flip side, if you have rehearsal and you record it, you really don't care because it's only for reference. You know what I mean? Right. And that that's when you get and hear back some of the most fantastic stuff that you maybe will bring to the studio later or bring to a, a, a permanent recording. Yeah. But I mean, we just over the weekend, myself, Cole, and my friend Craig, who I played in Eye of the Storm with, we just jammed 
on Saturday, impromptu. We did Red Barchetta, Limelight, and Subdivisions. So he programmed his modeling amp. You know, he's got a Line 6, and he's got a 5150. He brought the whole thing over. He's got a modeling footboard. He was able to get all the delay sounds. You know, he can program the whole matrix to get the exact sound, right? So right out of the gate, he's got the, the, the exact Rush guitar sound for each song. It's slightly different, right, because it's different albums and different times. But long story short, we go into it with, you know, prepared – but not with any apprehension. Just we're getting together, have a fun time and jam. And I got to tell you, there was some, you know, some of the versions were amazingly kick-ass for, you know, just just getting together and playing, you know, because everyone knew the parts. If that makes sense, so it was like we had played it a hundred times. If that makes sense, it wasn't like oh stop start. It was like right. top to bottom, like straight boom boom boom, just running through the tunes, and the confidence and the enjoyment and the fun of playing because there's no pressure. So right. if you look at life that way, that there's no pressure and you're going to have fun and just enjoy it, you know, I think a whole different mindset and then subsequently a whole bunch of different opportunities open up for you, you know, whether it be music, business, personal relationships, whatever, you know, when you take that worry or that apprehension out of it and you just go with it and you, I mean, you know, you have a path and you have a direction that you're striving towards, but as you encounter obstacles, if you just, if you choose to be amused by them rather than annoyed, it just changes the whole dynamic of of the day yeah yeah man what a great way to say that man amused instead of annoyed it's it's all how you think about it and how you look at it and and to, i mean i think how your physical body feels is a really contributing factor like today in both days yesterday and today i was just so friggin tired at standing around like because there's nothing to do when you're you're yeah. just waiting because you're just you're sitting it makes in you even more tired it really does and and then, you know, I, when I come home, it's like I got all this stuff. To do. I'm trying to schedule CBC Post for the next week and a half, um, you know, for like when I'm going to be gone. And then as soon as I come back, I don't want to have to get jump right on that. I want to have it set up. So and I've been doing a lot of organizing of all all this, the content that I've accumulated over the last five years. I, I've been painstakingly going through all the articles and putting them in categories and like it's it's very time consuming but but i'm getting it done but it's just made me so just so tired like uh just sitting doing stuff so i'm really i i'm really excited man to to to, to go on a cruise i'm not going on a cruise to sleep i'm going on a cruise to do stuff so and it, it'll be nice to be out it, um on the ocean in the sun blah, blah, blah. i've never done it and uh i need it so but i think going into it having this that attitude is is really really helpful um and you know no one not there's nothing to worry about worry is pointless anyway uh but i do encourage you dude to get check out that book because there's so many good quotes there's so many that you would really love that you would really like to use for your thought for the day um and you would just love them in general um so it's called uh you are a badass and uh you are and we all are so and that's something that's that we you all are a badass. Okay, I'm writing it down. You are a badass. Yeah, um, I, you know, like you do probably a pretty decent amount of driving, so you might want to get the audio book and just listen in your car, because um, it's it, it's really well read the way she reads it. She puts a lot of emphasis on on uh, you know uh, the, on the words on, on like the dialect on on uh, uh, enthusiasm. The way she reads it, it's really good. 
Um, so highly recommend it. And I can't wait to listen to the rest. I'm going to do that tonight as, as I, after we're done here, I'll listen to the rest and I got to do stuff to prepare for this, uh, for this trip. Bob's coming over tomorrow and then we'll go out tomorrow night and then, uh, and go see some bands and then, and head out. But I did, I did go out on Saturday. I was sitting around working all day and then I was like, uh, just very spontaneously spur of the moment. I was like, I'm going out and it was like 10 o'clock and I was just sitting in my pajamas and I hadn't taken a shower in a day or so. <laughs> and I was like, we'll have that sometimes. Yeah. It's easy to do. And I actually love living like that. <laughs> like I'll go three days without taking a shower if I don't have to and just sit around in my own filth. Um, but I was like, I'm going out because there were a bunch of people playing in the quarter Saturday night that are friends of mine. I was like, all right, let me go. I haven't hadn't been there in over a week since we, you know, we stopped playing. So I was like, ah, fuck it, let me go out. Uh, and it took like ten minutes to freshen up and put some nice clothes on and went out and and met up with went to four different clubs of you know where there were bands playing that uh, are friends of mine. And uh, it was cool. I wasn't out for long. I was out for about two hours and got up and jammed once with one band. And that was another thing too, like. I am so used to playing, dude. I'm so used to playing bass, but almost every night for the last five years, you know, especially the last five years, but most of the last nine years. And I got up to jam a couple of songs and I put that bass on and I hadn't played bass in like nine days. And it felt, it felt a little different. It felt like I really have to think for a little bit more than I normally think because I just haven't, done this so it that really to, and we you and i've talked about it a lot about practicing and and doing uh, making habit of things and 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 whatnot so you have to you have to keep that juiced you know keep that oil keep it greased the uh the machine of your your talent whatever it is you have to play um so uh it was cool, you know. I, I mean, I did fine. And, and let me ask you a question though: When, but was it also a little bit different because you haven't played to where, like, maybe you felt a little more inspired, or it was like, ah? No, there was there were nerves, there were nerves coming up, and and there were so the, the first song that was, I was asked to play was something I've played a million times, and I and it's just a twelve bar blues song basically, and I know it well, but it's just the physicality of all right, my hands go, especially playing somebody else's bass too. My hands go here, you know, the, where's the pickup? Where's my thumb resting? Uh, what's this action like on this neck? And how loud is it going to be? How hard do I have to play or how soft do I have to play? And just like all those thoughts come to like screaming very quickly at me while when I first start to play. And like it, it, there, it, it makes you nervous. It, it's a little, which is good. It's a good nervous. It's like, like you got to be on your toes kind of, okay, I, like I want to make sure I'm doing this as well as I expect myself to. And, um, you know, especially I, I just in that, so it's a, it's a live situation. There's a live band, there's a packed room on a Saturday night of people. And, you know, I'm just getting up there. I don't know. Maybe I put a little too much pressure on myself sometimes, but, um, I, I had fun and I definitely um that that was the the predominant feeling was was it was fun but there were there were some nerves that nerves attached to it so I I just know that I have to keep playing I have to always keep playing to just keep that 
and keep those uh those pistons uh oiled or something <laughs> i don't know if that's a good well you said that, well the nerves is just because like you said it, it's the familiarity of doing it every night you know so when you get away from it it's like oh you'd like jones and it. yeah yeah i think there was the the excitement part of it too but there's a that there was just a feeling of don't fuck up don't go, don't fuck up you know um where, whereas I normally wouldn't, you know, playing at the Swamp the last five years, I would never th- think that to myself. I would just get up and play. I would never think, like, oh, I can't make a mistake, you know. Um, and there's a, there's a definite advantage to that. Of, uh, oh, no, no doubt, yeah. you know. But the nervousness, like you said, some stuff can come from that sometimes, too, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's good for you. It makes you feel alive. We should be alive. Yeah. So alive. Um. So, yeah. That's that's uh. That's uh. That's what's been going on in the last week. It's it's a lot, man. It's heavy duty. It's it's, you know, life. Um. But now I'm since the 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 chamber thing isn't happening. I'm still I. I'm on the fence about coming up to Jersey at this point because I don't know what's going to happen with with work things, you know, with work opportunities. So I don't want to book a flight now and then have somebody say, we want to hire you for a gig that for me would be an ideal gig and then say, oh, well, yeah, I would love to take it, but I'm going to be away this blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not a good way to start. So I'm glad I didn't book the flight yet, but I, I'm not I'm still not discounting it either. No, I wouldn't just not just yet. Yeah, it's not because I haven't heard. There's two bands that I want to play with when I'm up there, and I reached out to both of them, and both seemed enthusiastic about it. But uh, I have not heard back, and I haven't followed up either, which I need to do. But again, I'm gonna wait until my vacation is done. I'm just like, it's not super important that I make that decision right now. I can wait till next week. But so uh, no doubt, no doubt, you should go on vacation with a clean, you know, slate. Yeah. Um. So who knows? Um, I would like to. I would like to. But I do not know. But the possibilities are endless. The one thing about losing the dog, which really sucks about it, but trying to put a positive spin on it, is I have freedom now. I can really do whatever I want to. I don't have, I'm not obligated to do anything right now. Um, as far as a job, as far as take care of something like a dog, um, you know, aside from the fact that I'm going on vacation, if I weren't, I could just hop in a car and drive anywhere right now if I wanted to, which is a really cool feeling. It's a nice, uh, it, it feels like freedom, which is. Well, we talk about it. It's it's yeah. It's exactly that. You're not tethered. Yeah. Did you ever read um, Neil Peart's um, book Ghost Rider? Oh yeah, excellent book. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, he went through something majorly tragic in order for him to get to that point to do what he did in that book, um, which is an excellent read for anybody out there who, again, promoting a book that we're not getting anything from, but. It's a great book. Um, but he lost his, his daughter 
and then his, his to a tragic a- accident. She was just going off to college, and she got killed. It was a car accident, right? I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then his wife uh, was just grieving so much over the following year, and then she died. And he just got on his motorcycle and drove, um, and uh, and took, you know, kept a journal, and then put it in a book. What happened with him during that experience? And it's really profound, you know, because Neil Peart's a very, very smart guy um, and an excellent writer. That would make a good movie, too. I wonder if somebody ever It was very it. well written. It was a very intense read, you know, it was a very honest read. Uh, I liked it. So I kind of feel that way, although his experience was much more tragic than mine. I still kind of feel that way. Like I could just, I could just go, go drive and just experience whatever will clear my head. But that's not something I'm going to do because my priority is really CBC. I really want, I really want to get it to a particular level and I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. And we just have to go through the mechanics of getting to that level. Um, and that's, that's my primary focus really. That's really something that I, that's important to me to accomplish at this point. So it's not really for me at, about playing um, or anything else. It's about kind of getting that shored up. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm appreciative of, of the time that I have now to put into it. Um, and it's a lot, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it really is, but it's worth it. Um, and uh, it, it continues to grow. People are uh, still joining up on the group and, and the page and all that stuff. So, so that's where I'm at, brother. See, you did have a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. There was stuff to talk about. Imagine that. Um, all right. Oh, and I'm glad that jury duty is there. I, as much as it was good to do uh, what I had to do, I'm glad it's over with. I was released today, so I don't have to go back tomorrow. But tomorrow night, my brother's going to be here. We're going to go out and c- go check up, out a couple bands. And then the big plan, I talked about it last week, is to check out any and all bands on the cruise ship and try to dig deeper into what's going on there with them and try to meet some people and perhaps do some interviews and definitely come back and report about it next Tuesday because by uh, next Tuesday I will be back and we will convene again and and I'm hoping that there's a lot of material there and I think there's going to be. I just, how can there not be, right? Like a band on a cruise ship. I'd be interested to see why, like those, you know, a cruise band, that, why they wouldn't want to talk to you or do an interview, you know, and even an impromptu one. Yeah, I'm going to bring my, I have some really nice pre- professional business cards with me and I'm going to bring them and I'll, I'll uh, go up and introduce myself and, uh, and, uh, and see what I, see what I can get out of that. I would love, I would love to do an interview on video. So I'm going to bring a video camera with me. Um, I couldn't really do like a whole professional interview with one camera, but um, I want to uh, uh, get at least some, at least the audio uh, of of an interview with a cruise ship musician on Carnival Cruise uh, or a cruise ship band, and 
I mean, because that, that's a there's a whole big community of those people that do that, and I don't know anything about it really. I, and there's been a couple times when some people have offered some opportunities to me about it, but never went deep into exploring it. And I don't know if I would enjoy it or not. So I, I'm gonna I'm really curious to see what it's all like and and uh, what it would feel like. I mean, ideally, dude, I would like to get to know people enough where I can get up and jam. <laughs> if I could do that. Well, I can tell you this. I've had friends of mine who have played on cruise ships, and, you know, it's just that. Like, you're you're out for, you know, I think it was three months at a clip he was doing it. Really? Yeah, and you and you live on the cruise ship, and you're in, you know, and you have, like, an engagement, and you're there for a certain amount of time, and you then, you know, you either keep going or you go to a different cruise ship or you get hired by a different band. It's, you know, no different than the bar circuit. It's just on water. Well, yeah, but there's the, dyna- the there's the different things. Like, like how much do you get paid? How many sets do you have to do? How many nights of work uh, a week are you playing? What are the songs? Yeah, well, you, what are the songs? I you know that he was like comp to room, free drinks, free meals. You know, it's not a tremendous amount of money you get paid. Right. Um, but I mean, just how long the night is and how many nights. I think those guys work like six nights, at least six nights a week. I think it's yeah. I think it's every night. Yeah, exactly. Six nights a week you're on the ship. Because you know, this performing this trip is only five five days, four nights. So so that's you know four nights of work. And the, I mean, I don't know. And, and I'm also curious to see the quality of musicians that are doing it. That's going to tell you a lot. Like before I learn anything else, that's going to tell me a lot of, of the what kind of quality of the musicians that are playing. Because um, I've known some people that have done it and I know how good they are or how not good they are. Um, and so I'm I'm just curious about the whole thing. I'm, I'm really excited to to bring that back and uh, disseminate the whole situation. And obviously it's going to be just one example of of this whole world, but it's going to be my first introduction to it in, in real life. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that whole thing. Um, I will take copious notes for myself and, uh, yes, you must. Yes. And pictures and video too. Um, I, maybe I should go on CBC too and talk about that before I leave. Hmm. Because I've just been talking about it here, but I haven't I haven't mentioned it in the group on Facebook at all, and I wonder if I can get some feedback prior to it from people that do it or know other people. I'm sure I'm sure there's people on there. Fifty four thousand people strong. Um, I just want to make this a whole project. It's it, this is what's calling to me right now, so gotta follow your instincts man that's one thing she talks about and you are a badass follow that intuition man always what's nudging at you that feels good pay attention to that plus you're gonna be on vacation you know yeah <laughs> yeah there's that 15 drinks a day we get that's right that's right. 15 drink limit that's it you're cut off is it, is it, oh, that was 14? Okay, you can have one more. 
<laughs> I'm going to keep a count. I'm not that bad of a drinker. I, I like to drink, but I don't drink like crazy. All right, Chonk has given us a comment, so I got something to read here. He said, I have a friend that has done it too. They play in various bands while on the ship. He put bands in quotation marks for some reason. Might be a cocktail band, cocktail in quotations, at dinner, the pit orchestra for the shows, and then the rock band at night in one of the clubs. They have clubs? There's clubs on a ship? This is going to be something. He said they also had to do other duties like too, like chaperoning at excursions, safety check proctors, etc. Really? So hey, grab the bass player. He's got to come. Uh, he's got to come walk this couple out to uh, to the beach. <laughs> That's a funny thing. That's... I do a fire watch upstairs for the sprinkler repair. <laughs> hey, there's a, there's a cleanup on the deck. Go grab the drummer. <laughs> Quick though, you know, only cut me like real fast. Just hurry up, good. Oh man, that's funny. That's crazy. I mean, so they're I mean, so they're employed by the by the, the 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 cruise ship company to do like chaperoning, chaperoning. The band has to. I don't know. My buddy that played in the band wasn't doing chaperoning and like <laughs> tour guided tours and stuff. He was just playing. <laughs> and I know people that have done it for um, like Glenn actually with his band. He told me a story a while ago that was out of control. Um, and I don't remember what the ship was or where they went, but it was just a long time ago. Well, you know, 10, 15 years ago, probably at least, and just a big old party. And they didn't have to play a whole lot and a lot of drinking and R-rated stuff going on. Um, and that sounds, sounds like, like a good time. Yeah, it sounds like a great time. I'm still, like, I've never been on the ocean. I've never been out on a boat out in the middle of the sea. So um, I don't I don't so know. make sure you bring Dramamine with you Dramamine. and you know that's preparedness. I, that's the thing I forgot to get. No, I think I have some. But they like I hear they have stabilizers. All right, so uh, Chong said maybe chaperoning was the wrong word. They had to work the doors of the ship while people left on excursions. Okay. Work the doors. So that's still not playing music. That's doing something other than playing music, which is a little weird. I don't know. Like, you're on stage, you're working, you're off stage, you're not working. Screw that. Yeah, it seems a little weird. Yeah, I don't know if I'd sign up for that. Oh, he said checking IDs. All right, so, okay. If somebody asked me to do that, then I probably would do that. Checking IDs, because I would have a blast checking IDs. And I know that sounds like silly. <laughs> what, you'd have a blast checking IDs? Such a simple Beat it, kid. You're, this is fake. Get out of here. I would just, I, yeah, I'd be making jokes with everybody. So I would, there'd be a joke with every single person. And it would be a different joke. And he said, yes, other non-music stuff. Wow. I want to hear about your friend. I want to uh, interview your friend, Chunk, after I have this experience. Maybe I'll do make a whole thing of this. The cruise ship thing. I could do a whole... Uh, Maybe just a whole big article on it. 
That's why I want footage. I want video. You could do the lead up. You could do a whole art. You could do a whole episode on it. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about too. I, I have this idea for this book, and I don't think I've talked about it here, and I don't want to mention what the name of it is, but it is inspired by another uh, personal development book from, I think this is from the '90s, which was called "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff," and it's all small stuff. Um, that's a book that I used to read. Well, Richard Carlson is the author. He's dead now. Um, but really good book, really easy read. Um, just these kind of short chapters. And I used to carry that book around with me all the time. This is definitely in the 90s. Um, uh, yeah, mid to late 90s. And I have an idea for a book that is inspired by that. And it's I wanted to lay it out kind of the same way. But then I was listening to this book, you know, yesterday and today and really, really focusing, thinking about how I want to approach writing this book that I'm going to write. And I need to start writing it. I've taken a lot of notes about it. I've done like audio notes on my phone, but I haven't actually sat down to start writing it. Um, so that's something I, I'm feeling a little more inspired to do. Um, I like writing a lot and I think uh, I think w this idea is something that's going to be really something that resonates with people. I kind of want to do uh, marry music, being a musician, with the law of attraction, but not calling it the law of attraction. So, in other words, kind of kind of do what this girl did in this in this book, but for musicians. Um, so uh, that's that's uh, that's a big goal of mine that I think I can achieve and. Uh, so I got to get moving on that. And Chong said, Don't. definitely achievable. And you got time now too. So you can definitely attack it. Yeah. That's the thing. Having time. It's like, wow, I have all this time. I, and what do I, what do I pick to do? <laughs> There's so many options. Um, but again, not going to focus on anything or worry about anything until after my vacation, which to me officially starts after this podcast. Actually, no. Yeah, right. I like that. <laughs> because tomorrow Bob's coming over, Thursday we go out. And I do have CBC stuff to do, though. So I'll still be doing some work. But, uh, yeah. And Chong said, don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. Good advice, Chong. Always comes through. Yes. Um. So, yeah. That's that's about it for uh, for my stuff. You got any more stuff? Oh, you sent me that picture of Cole's new uh, Rickenbacker. Oh yeah, so dude, so Cole, so this is a good way to end wisdom, right? So Cole's been playing bass about three months. Um, now let's say March, April, May, June, July, August. So, so almost six months he's been playing now, right? Like really playing. So. About two months in, he bought the um, his Fender, right? His Fender Jazz, the knockoff, you know, the beginner version, right? Sounded great. You saw some of the video. He had that that uh, YYZ pedal. He got it to right. sound like Getty, you know. And t talk about like law of attraction. He get like every time we would joke, he would say like, um, "Oh, like you know, this thing for school is four thousand dollars," and he'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's two Rick and that's two Ricks." <laughs> You know, or like, you know, that thing was 500 bucks. He'd be like, that's like a quarter of a Rick. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's like goofing on it, you know? And so he was saying like, 
you know, they're $2,000. So he was, you know, his dream of his. So long story short, dude, he got an internship over the summer. He, he saved all his money. Because he makes less than a certain amount, they don't take any tax out. So he has to keep the full dollar amount. So he bought his computer for school. Um, he, you know, he paid for all his stuff, whatever he had to do. He had money left over. So he decides, he says, I'm going to get a Rick. Um, with that money, I'm going to spend it. So long story short, dude, he went. There was some big special at Guitar Center. He went. He played it. It was like a smoking deal. It was like $700 off the uh, the $2,200 list. It was like $1,500. Um, had a bad buzz. The dude goes to check it out and look at it, and the truss rod is – the nut is loose. Like it's already loosened as far as it'll go. So there's no – you can't relieve the neck anymore. So long story short, he says, up, oh, you're beat. This is, you know, got to go back to the factory. It's not, I can't sell it to you. And it was a nice space. It had a really good fire glow, whatever. So he does some more research on his own. He calls up guitar centers, talks to the manager, negotiates a price, says, you know, you have to price match it. I was there. You couldn't service me. I wanted to buy it. Uh, I would have bought it on the spot, but it was broken. So I want to order one, Can I, but I want to be able to return it because it's, you know, custom and I want to be able to play it. So he negotiates this deal with the guy. The guy says, we'll get it for you. You have 45 days to return it. He price matched the price. He got it for like 18. Um, and long story short, it came yesterday, last night. So, you know, Cole's been playing with it. And it's got that Rico sound. If you've seen that, it's like... Uh, yeah, yeah. It comes out in like a splitter. You can go to two different amps with it. But long story short, so dude, I will say this. The bait, like you, you get what you pay for, you know? Right. So it's his first professional instrument. You know, not a $200... Fender, it's two thousand dollar Rickenbacker, right? And I got to tell you, it's beautiful. It's like super it it luxurious is. lacquer finish. It sounds so killer, dude. It's like it's like cherry sunburst too, right? That's the color. Yeah, it's it's called Fire Glow. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like clear, the cherry clear. sunburst Les Paul. Yeah, it's yeah. bird's eye maple in the middle, orange to red with that white piping trim around the edge. Really sharp. Yeah, uh, it looks you know, sweet. Yeah. It looks really nice. I'm sure it's. I mean, Rickenbackers have that sound, man. Those dude, it sounds. It's like the bottom is like earth shaking. I mean, listen, what is he, he playing play, it through? What what kind of amp? He's playing it through a Roland um, single fifteen keyboard amp. Believe it or not. Oh, okay. Get him. Get him on Ampeg, or or uh, no? What, what, yeah, I mean, dude, it pumps, that Roland amp pumps. You know, What's and I got the PA set up downstairs too. And he has a little orange mini amp. But long story short, dude, the thing, just you know, th just plug it in and do nothing to it. It has super bottom. Then it has like a, a vintage bottom and a modern bottom. They call it. So like you pull the one lever, the, the the one knob out, and it's like a vintage tube sound, like heavy bottom. Then you click it in, and it's like using modern day technology bottom, and it adds like a whole nother bottom to the bottom if that's even possible you know and then the highs are really clean and crisp and they're very you know it, the bass is just very lively i'll say that and like i said the sound of it like you don't know until you play it. it's like when i play my basswood mapex kit and it sounds killer and i'm like man this drum set sounds unbelievable and it's cheap then i go play like the yamaha or the gretsch which is an expensive kit and right away you're like wow it's just different, and it's just way more authentic and just richer sounding, you know? Right. It's the only way I could describe it. it. sounds killer, and he's super stoked. 
because you know there's no no blemishes it's all good everything works there's no buzzing it's like it's right. intonation's good right. so he's super super stoked super cool, stoked playing it playing it all night as soon as we're done with podcast he's going to come down and start playing it some more cool very good I, i'm excited to hear it so tr- try to get some video and and uh, i will and record your boy yeah, he leaves for school next wednesday so i gotta try to get something this weekend yeah get some video and we'll get that i'm still trying to work on getting a good page for the website for us that's different than what we have so we can include some multimedia like videos and pictures and and links. I, and by the way, I was going through, I, I was, I put together a memorial for Butler um, the other day on Saturday um, here. Butler was my dog here in the, the apartment. And I, I was going through pictures and I was trying to go through old pictures because my mom had him when he was a puppy. So I, I found a bunch of pictures when he was young and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And I put this whole thing together. But as I was going through pictures and I have so many, I, I have, you know, it's, 20 years probably worth of of pictures i used to work at a photo lab and i i'm just i i, I like to take pictures and i found a do i found a bunch of us playing that somebody else took and you had like this buzz cut and um there's pictures of me like we're playing but I'm like back by the drums and I put my face up next to yours and smile like goofy smile and stuff. And there's some really good pictures of, of us back then. So I would like to be able to post things like that on the website. So hopefully we'll wow, buzz yeah. cut, dude. That's probably like around 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the, actually I do. I don't know it right now, but I know because the, the, the camera I was using kept the dates of the, uh, of whatever role it was basically it was digital but you know I, w- I would shoot them and then i would put them on the computer and it saved the date so i i kind of do know what the dates oh are. cool yeah so it's it's there on that so i will report that as i post them but that that's something we're working on um and uh yeah we'll get it chunk and i need to kind of hook up with with some stuff but we'll we're gonna make some stuff happen like i said i wanted to get it to a certain standard that i see and i feel and that's really what's important to me to make this more useful for everybody out there in the music world that is part of this whole experience that we call Coverband Central. Um, you could sign up for a free profile on the website, coverbandcentral.com, for you or your band or both. Uh, and make sure you join up on Facebook. Uh, it's Coverband Central or Facebook.com slash Coverband Central on is the page make sure you hit it give it a like and the group is facebook.com slash groups slash coverband central join the group there's the vip group still that we're still rolling along with that and the ebook you can get on the website and there's 64 other podcasts to listen to so get on it we'll see you next week we're going to talk about cruise ship musicians that's right It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 